Hey, this is Tyler Olson. The show is Money Mediator. Emotions often get in the way of our ability to make the best financial decisions. After our relationships with others, money seems to be one of the things that pulls at our emotions a lot because we need it. My main goal here is to talk about how we can prevent emotions from causing bad financial decisions. What practical things can we do? At times, we need an objective view, a mediator between us and our money. Now please note that nothing discussed in this episode of Money Mediator should be construed as investment advice. And before we get into today's topic, here's some information about me. This is my first episode of this new show, developed in tandem with my wife, Kendall. Our life has gone through some major changes the past few years. We've had to learn a lot about navigating financial decisions. I've also been a financial planner for over 15 years, assisting others to make financial decisions. I worked for a mid-sized firm in the Midwest for the first 10 years of my career, but the more people I met, the more clients that I met, I realized that if I really wanted to help them in the best way possible and to make financial advice accessible and affordable, I would need to start my own firm. And I did that. I registered a firm in the state of Michigan here in Southwest Michigan. And now I feel really good about the way in which I'm able to help others because I really believe that everyone needs a financial plan. Today's episode is entitled, The Most Important Five Minutes You'll Spend This Week. And we're going to be speaking with three groups of people that face very common scenarios. Those three groups are students, employed people, and self-employed people. And as we examine each group and the type of scenarios that they face, we'll discuss some practical things that just take a few minutes every week in order to make, make the financial situation a lot better. So first, let's discuss students. And the scenarios that came to mind for me were student loans and creating your first budget. Now, student loans, that's a really important step that a young person takes because you're deciding how you're going to invest in yourself through education. And education is really important. But emotions can get in the way of this process. How is that? Well, you might assume that you'll just borrow the money. You'll just take out a loan because that's what your friends are doing. Perhaps some family members have done that in the past. And you may not think through or have a particular plan for repaying that loan or fully understanding the terms of the loan. So there are some practical steps that you can take to navigate these emotions. First is balancing the cost of school and the field of study that you're pursuing and then compare it to the expected income that you will get from employment later on. Now, the cost of school may be low or high, and the type of income that you'll get from your employment will, will have a range too. And even if they're not necessarily in balance, like if you're going to spend a lot on education, but the income you'll receive won't be as high, that's okay, because you may be doing something that you really enjoy, or that you're passionate about. That's not so important. What's really important is making sure that you have a plan to repay it. So before you make the decision about taking out a loan, put those numbers down in writing, balancing the cost of school that you're going to be paying plus interest, and then learn about what expected income you could get 
after achieving that degree and then work out a plan that is realistic. The other scenario that I thought of was starting your own budget. You know, you're living at home, likely with, uh, with your parents, and so when you get out on your own for the first time and have to make a budget, that can feel overwhelming. And there are some emotions that definitely get in the way of this process. You might look at what your friends are doing or how they're spending their money. Social media also has an impact on us because we see the way that people, people portray themselves. And we all have an image that we want to project. We want to project ourselves as content, successful, going somewhere, and happy. So making a budget is going to be very important, but with these emotions in the way, it can be challenging. So what practical steps can you take? Educate yourself in basic finance as early as possible. Seek out classes in your community that will help you to achieve this. Some companies, some businesses in town may even offer this type of education for little money or even free. Another idea is to use a budget app. And these can be helpful to organize transactions and it's something at your fingertips that you can check on your budget. But you need to make sure that you have other ways of keeping you accountable because the app itself is not going to help you to be disciplined. Having a trusted mentor that you can talk to is important. Limiting easy payment options is important too. And many people, including myself, have found that the cash system is an excellent way to force discipline upon oneself so that you can keep in line, keep in line with your budget. So that's what I want to discuss with regard to students. Let's move on to the next group, employed people, some people that work for somebody else. And the three scenarios that I wanted to discuss are having a family budget, getting fair compensation, and changing career goals. So first, family budget. How can emotions get in the way of this? Well, it is very, very possible that your partner views money differently than you do. So conversations can easily become stressful. And the very typical way that all of us handle discussions about money is to put them off until something has gone horribly wrong, right? There's a problem that needs to be fixed. And this is a terrible time to initiate conversations about money for the first time. Another thing is, uh, is if we have children, they certainly don't understand the value of money. And so as they grow, as they get older, you're going to start giving them money to go out and do things. They're going to ask you for money. This can be a source of irritation. So what can you do to overcome these emotional problems? Well, a few steps in mind uh, to keep in mind are to set aside time each week for a family business meeting. This doesn't have to be a long meeting. It could just be a few minutes to check in with your partner and make sure that you're on the same page. This is so important because problems are going to come up unexpectedly. But if you've already put a budget into place and guidelines that you both agree upon, that when problems come up, you'll be united in your efforts. And it's also really beneficial to talk when everyone's calm. Another good reason to arrange these meetings in advance rather than allowing them to come up abruptly. And finally, teach your kids the value of money. Even at a very young age, they can understand so much. If you recognize that they need to acquire this skill and that you 
are in the best position to teach them, you and your children will benefit. Now the next scenario is fair compensation. If you are working for somebody else, it is really beneficial to make sure that you are getting fairly compensated for your current job. Emotions can get in the way of this though because we might fear losing our job. Uh, we may see colleagues making advancement where we are not and jealousy can ensue. These sort of comparisons are not good for our emotional health and they can hurt our confidence. So there are some practical steps I would encourage you to take. Whatever industry you're in, know your industry as thoroughly as possible and network with people locally and on social media. There are tools like LinkedIn that can be helpful in this regard. And locally, there are many towns that have local chambers of commerce that hold events. These events give you opportunities to get to know people in your industry and maybe in related fields. Comparing your employment experience with the marketplace can be really valuable. Also comparing your own experience and the type of skills that you've acquired will help you to be able to evaluate if you're being fairly compensated. As you gather this information, write an evaluation report of yourself and be honest. You could also find someone to talk to that will listen. If you do this, this tangible report will help you to maintain as much control of your employment situation as possible. Even though you're not the boss, you are an expert on your field and your own employment. And that will help you to make decisions about whether to ask for a raise and to be able to come up with justifiable reasons for doing so. The third scenario for employed people I thought of were changing career goals. Many people that I've spoken with that work for somebody else, in the back of their mind, they want to start their own business. Or maybe they're thinking of changing careers altogether. Emotions can get in the way of this though, right? Lack of confidence, fear of failure, feeling overwhelmed. This is all too common and it affects all of us if we are in this position. So what practical steps can you take? Well, that evaluation report that I mentioned in our previous section is really valuable at this point. Knowing your capabilities gives you a basis for knowing what you are able to do on your own and if you want to do something different than your current job. Another thing to do is to make this discussion a part of the family business meeting. Anyone that decides to go into business for themselves absolutely needs the support and feedback of their partner and family members. And if you want to add a little bit more advice, talk to a business advisor, someone that will give you unbiased advice and help you to answer questions and be able to see the risks and rewards of perhaps starting your own business or starting a new career. And then our last group, I wanted to discuss those who are self-employed. The three scenarios I thought of for this are balancing responsibilities toward family and business, having a business plan, and determining the correct price to charge your customers for your service or product. First, balancing responsibilities. This can be really challenging for self-employed people because most people do so because they really enjoy the work that they do. So it's very, very easy to work more. And that, of course, leads to spending less time with our family. And this imbalance can create stress and problems for us and our family members over time. 
There's also pressure because we are the ones who are responsible for the success of our business. So fear of failure, fear of not being able to make ends meet and to make a success of our business, that can cause us to work more and more. But there are two practical steps that I would recommend. First, set time limits as to when you will start work and when you will finish and stick to them. This will be good for your mental health and this will also be good for your family because you will be setting expectations and you will be meeting them. Secondly, recognize that efficiency goes down when we work too much. So if we have the thought of just working and working and working and blowing past those guidelines, those hours that we plan to work, recognizing that we won't really accomplish a lot more and that rest is really valuable for the next day, that will help us to stay in line with the guidelines that we've set. The second scenario is making or having a business plan. Emotions get in the way here, especially for those who are just on their own in their business. Many self-employed people, it's just them. Why do I need a business plan if I am the one doing everything? Well, that, that's very common thinking for, you know, for, for, the, for us. And we might, we, we could call this a measure of laziness, right? Or overconfidence. Because what would really benefit us is if we recognize that having something tangible in front of us with specific steps that we need to take, and as we accomplish them, that will give us confidence and that will help us to see that we are being responsible with the time and money that we have invested in this business. Those are all very good things. So we should write an operating agreement and business plan and have regular business meetings, even with ourselves, just to check and see how things have gone the past week, the past month. This review time is really beneficial to checking making sure that we're doing the best we can and making the most of our efforts. And then the last scenario, establishing the correct pricing that we charge our customers. For self-employed people, emotions get in the way because we, may, we might fear that we're not going to get enough customers and we'll set prices way too low just to, hoping that they will do business with us. We could also have low confidence in our abilities especially early on in our business development. So some practical steps here are really important. We need to know our industry and educate ourselves. We need to learn what the range of pricing is for our product or service. And also make sure that we're matching the quality of our service or product with what else is out there. As we do this, we will be able to ascertain what is a good value for what service we offer or product that we offer. And then the second thing is we need to make sure that we're charging something that is of good value to the customer. Let me give you an example. I was, uh, I was asked by a local business person to evaluate their retirement plan. And uh, so I did that. We met and uh, I, I shared with her a comparison of the plan that they had versus what else is out there, including what I could offer her. And she was paying at least 50% more than she needed to in the terms of administrative fees and management fees of her 401k plan. And I was able to use that discussion just to be able to discern 
whether what I could offer her would be of good value, but I was also able to provide education to her that what she was paying was higher than several other, other competitors of mine. And so she didn't necessarily have to go with me. There's other options that would be less expensive for her. And having that knowledge and being able to educate myself allows me also to educate my customers. And anytime that people who are in business for themselves can do that for their customers, you're really proving your value. And you're really proving the value of your business in your local community. So these steps are really important and they will really benefit you. Did you notice a common thread among all of the practical steps that I suggested? None of them take a lot of time. Just a few minutes every week. So take five minutes every week to invest in good communication, research, networking, and learning. Your future self will be very happy. Access to good financial education can be difficult. This show is being written as a standalone show with me offering suggestions based on my own experience. Please subscribe and listen each month as I delve into other topics, sometimes just going into more detail about topics I've mentioned today. If you feel like you could benefit from some one-on-one -on -one help, please get in touch. I offer free initial consults. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear on this show, please get in touch about that too. Thanks for listening. Everyone needs a financial plan. Money Mediator, that's the show. Tyler Olson, that's me. Follow me on Twitter at Olson Planner. That's at O-L-S-O-N-P-L-A-N-N-E-R. Visit my website, olsonconsultingmi.com. If you want to talk more about any points I mentioned today, please get in touch. The show is Money Mediator. Subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss an episode. The next episode will be released on February 4th. I'll have a special guest, and we're going to be discussing something that's really good for any kind or size of family. Steps to take the stress out of family budgeting. See you then.